For the first time ever, we are recording this episode with four of us in four separate locations. Yes, there's four of us. Depending on when you hear this episode, you might be guessing that we are recording in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're not going to focus on the pandemic itself. I'm sure you're all hearing enough on that. In so many places, you scroll down your podcast feed and you see COVID-19, COVID-19. That's a big topic right now. So we really want to not talk about the virus itself, but we want to talk about something else. You heard a few weeks ago that we recorded an episode that talks about where our response is to COVID-19 or what our response is. But in the midst of this, we are seeing expressions of prayer all over the place. People in places that you wouldn't normally expect to see prayer expressions are now all visible on social media feeds all over the place. Google is reporting that searches for the word prayer have skyrocketed in recent weeks. Churches have moved services online. We are seeing many segments of the prayer movement holding nonstop prayer and worship for sometimes a few days in a row, which they normally wouldn't do. We are seeing sacred assemblies of church leaders, pastors, and congregants on online conferencing apps to pray and cry out for mercy. All this to say, the Lord is moving, and we don't want to miss this opportunity to learn We don't want it to pass us by. So while most are looking forward to getting back to normal, we want to see what the Lord would have us adopt as the new normal. Where is this going? Where do we feel the Lord is taking this? Is there going to be a going back to the same old? This is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we connect you to the prayer movement in Canada and beyond, where we have the conversations and share the stories to strengthen your corporate and personal prayer life. My name is Johan. I'm Brian. I'm Jehu. I'm Pan. Okay, so we're going to talk about, first of all, what are the changes that we're seeing in, in our own praying community? How has it affected our prayer rooms and our prayer expressions, both corporately and personally? Uh, do any of you want to start by by taking that? I can. Yeah, so about a month ago, we actually will have had, I think, our last prayer meeting that was actually in person. And so that was really interesting when you're so used to meeting face-to-face with people and doing prayer in that way. And we really hadn't explored any online um, venues for, for doing our, our intercession in the past. It kind of left us for a little bit, okay, like, well, what do we do? And so very quickly after that, we we shifted our our model of prayer, we shifted the way we did things and we started doing meetings online through Zoom. And um, and it's interesting because in the midst of it, we actually started doing more prayer meetings or, or just about as many as we ever have in our history. And so it was just really interesting how that shift worked for us. Yeah, I think even as a house of prayer here in Winnipeg, Sanctuary House of Prayer, which we, all four of us are part of, it's, it's the first time actually in our existence that we've had a daily expression. I mean, we've come close in other years where we're able to meet together like five sometimes six days a week. But this is the first time where we're going seven days a week with a couple of prayer meetings each day. 
I think what was interesting, too, is we were really flexible. The main thing we wanted was prayer. That was what we needed to have happen. But in terms of the specifics of the model, uh, I know normally, again, if you're familiar with the host of prayer model, there's worship and prayer. We do a harp and bowl type prayer meeting. And the Zoom prayer meetings haven't been harp and bowl. Uh, They've been uh, what we sometimes affectionately refer to as rock pile prayer meetings, where everyone just picks up their prayer burden and throws it on the, the pile of prayer, so to speak. And so we don't necessarily have that musical component. We don't necessarily have people singing choruses. Uh, but for me, it's been some of the most enjoyable and, and sweet prayer times because these are people I know and love, and we're contending for things that are on the heart of the Lord. And so while the the model might be a little bit different, uh, we were just committed to prayer. We weren't committed to a model. And so I think having that flexibility has been so key uh, because we've just been able to engage in a way that's different than maybe before, but but very authentic and, and still focused on prayer. Yeah, I think that what we thought might have been a little bit maybe dull and boring at previously, you know, just jumping online has actually been a real gift in this season. And not only the not only the prayers before the Lord, but even the connection point that we've had with our community and just praying together and being together and not neglecting the gathering, so to speak. I think that's been actually really helpful in the midst of this. And not only that, the prayers are really genuine. And I even believe that it's warded off some of this pandemic that what it could have been, it hasn't been in our country and especially our province to date anyway. And so I feel like the gathering together, not only of our community, many communities across our province have jumped on and prayed as well. But I think it has been really remarkable what the numbers have been, I'll say, because of the prayers. Amen. <laughs> and I, I like we touched on there too, and on how we've been connecting with each other a little bit differently. For me, it's been great too. I mean, when we're in the house of prayer setting in the building, it's it's really centered on ministry to the Lord, which is amazing. Like that's our that's our primary calling. We want to minister to the Lord, audience of one. But it, it feels like it's shifted in a good way where we're ministering to the audience of one corporately. Like it's really felt like it was it's a corporate worship now and we're really listening to the needs of of the others around us and it, it just drives us to pray more and love one another more in the midst of this whole thing. And yet we're honoring the Lord at the center of everything that we're doing. So it's really kind of shifted things a little bit the way we normally would run things. Yeah, we all of a sudden have more intercession sets than we've ever had in the building. We have, because we do it every night now, and and yet they've been so full of life and you have to be engaged in a way that you don't necessarily have to if one person is praying on the microphone and you can kind of dare I say check out but I you know you can a little bit but it's a little bit different when you're sitting in the living room and and something is on the line you know there's an actual crisis going on and you you tend to engage your heart in a different way when when it's like that. And it's interesting that it kind of took the season, like we've really kind of been hidden over the many, many years. And now that we're actually not gathering together physically, it's taken us out of our hiddenness a little bit. And we're like having prayer meetings on social media. Like we have a Monday to Saturday prayer meeting at noon, praying for the country and leaders in different topics related to 
this pandemic and there's hundreds of people looking at it. So all of a sudden we're not in hiddenness, but we're not even getting together. So it's just, it's really interesting that way. Yeah. I think one of the things as well that stuck out to me is that sometimes it's really, really good to have your, the way that you do things completely blown up. And we didn't have a say in this. We didn't have a choice, but we were so used to doing our, our prayer meetings in a certain way that when suddenly now um, everything gets blown up, now we have to think through what we're doing. And, and that's true of any, that's true of, of how you run a church service. That's true of how you, you do any sort of ministry. You kind of get into a routine of what you do. And the real danger eventually of that can be is that that's what it becomes. It's just routine. And so for us now, we're, you know, like, uh, like someone was saying, we were doing these more rock pile prayers where it's just one person praying after the other. But I actually remember saying to someone a few months ago, like, man, I just missed a normal prayer meeting. Like, because we do so much harp and bowls, like, oh, I just want to get around in a circle with people and pray. And, uh, and now we're actually doing that. And so it's just fascinating how the Lord is, has just kind of created these opportunities to, to go right outside of our comfort zone. And, and it's really been a blessing to us. Well, and I think you can really see the heart of prayer in those meetings because sometimes we would have a harp and bowl meeting where you need to have two or three intercessors, and sometimes you have a difficulty finding those people in the room. Uh, there's just maybe people are a little bit tired or people are doing other activities, and so it's hard to get the, the three people to pray. But we have seven or eight or nine intercessors on a Zoom meeting, and it's always it's always full. Sometimes it's a bit of a mad dash to get that last spot. There's there's not a lack of people wanting to pray on the online prayer meetings, which uh, I think uh, we don't really have a prayer leader technically, but I'm sure Brian, as the one who's facilitating it, feels very encouraged that everyone wants to jump on and pray. He's not having to to kind of poke someone and say, oh, you know, we need one more prayer. Could you do it? He's Everyone is just right there wanting to pray. We actually have our social media person listening on the back of this conversation, not not really heard, but uh, she just mentioned here how this really feels like it's part of the reset that we've been hearing. Like I, IHOP had that word, what was it, two, one things ago already when the Chinese church visited and the Lord just kept saying, reset, reset. Uh, not really t- totally understanding what that is, but this really does feel like that kind of reset, like Brian said, blowing it up. It's just another word for it, really. Yeah, so if anybody wants details on how our meetings are actually run right now, like feel free to send us off an email at burningroomspodcast at gmail.com. We'd, we'd love to have a conversation about that. But again, like a lot of it is rock pile prayer meeting, like Brian was talking about, but we are, we are a worshiping people for sure. So we don't want to back off on that completely. So we're having devotional sets every day, which has been a great addition. Uh, really hard to find good quality audio to, to get good sound out of your devotional sets online these days, but we finally found a good solution. So but continuing on with that reset, so what changes are we seeing in other praying communities? Like, we're, we are really connected to other praying communities. We've been involved in, like, a Canada-wide Zoom call with pastors and leaders. And I know when I scroll on social media these days, I've never seen so many different prayer expressions all happening at the same time and church expressions. And it's really cool to see uh, the church at large really just rallying to to worship and and meet corporately online. Like, I just love seeing them all. It's great. And I've heard the way some other churches are doing things. There's a lot of creative ways of of doing church expressions in these days, and it's, it's really neat. I just, I liked what you're saying about the reset, and I feel it's almost like the Lord put it on a global reset for the whole church, right? Like, globally like now you're forced to reconsider 
what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. Does it work? You know, and then to figure out how it's going to work and why you're doing it. And I feel like just the Lord's calling us back to the first things first and, you know, loving Jesus and loving our neighbors. And there's just a reset across the board there. I guess you can use your time doing other things, but the Lord really is wanting our attention. And if we're willing to give it to him, I feel like he has lots of things to speak to us in this season and lots of, lots of creativity will come out of that to serve the body and to serve people who don't know him yet. But I really feel like especially in these early days of it, that the Lord really is calling a people back to himself and to really sit before him and listen and not be distracted by the other things in this season so that we can know what he's doing and what this is unto you. Yeah, I really love that. Like, just continue to go on the word reset. Like, let's keep talking about that. I've even noticed on some of these churches that are used to having these large gatherings, but I just noticed that some of the worship teams that are now forced to worship to an empty room because it's on a broadcast, they're actually struggling, some of them, because they're just so used to having that room full. And then there are some other churches, like you can tell they just have this audience of one piece built into them, and they're just going for it. It's just really interesting how the Lord is shaking things on both ends of this and really bringing out those that are struggling with the audience in one piece and ministering to empty rooms. I think that's something that he's bringing forth in them that he wants to establish in their hearts, even in this season where it's like, no, my worship teams are going to be ministering unto me. So I'm giving them an opportunity now to really press into that idea of ministry to the Lord. I feel like it's something that we see in Joel 1 as well, actually. In Joel chapter 1, when this locust plague is, is hitting the land, and the Lord is, is actually, in, in, in context here, there, he really is releasing judgment to wake his people up. But part of what gets impacted is, is their worship. The grain offerings and the drink offerings are withheld from the house of their Lord, and suddenly the things that they had been doing by routine, and I think contextually, if you look back, it's, it's likely that this could have been said during the reign of King Manasseh, when there's all sorts of, like even pagan worship, the Lord... The Lord brought disruption because what he was after was not just the, the routine, but hearts that were in live with love for him. And this, this season, you know, I'm not saying that this is, you know, just, just all about judgment, but, but it is about the Lord wanting to wake us up. It is a, it is an opportunity for our hearts to be tested before the Lord. And you never want to miss an opportunity like that. And so I, I find it fascinating as the Lord, again, like that, that reset word, as he, as he shifts what our normal is of church, we we actually find our hearts asking the Lord these questions. Oh yeah, like why am I a part of this? Like why am I really a part of this church? What's worship really about? And and when you shift your model, it it forces you to ask those questions to really come back to the basics. I'm just reminded of a really interesting book John Piper wrote called "Don't Waste Your Cancer," uh, and it's a very provoking title. Uh, and, and a lot of his argument in there is that when these types of storms come, either a small storm to your life of something like cancer or a big storm like to the globe of a pandemic, uh, you don't want to waste the opportunity. There's always uh, grace given in, in situations like this. It's always an opportunity for us to turn our hearts again to the Lord and to to reset to do that. And so in some ways, we, we want to encourage people to not waste this opportunity. There are, there are struggles, of course, but this is an opportunity. Uh, and I think about my own prayer life, and I think, you know, you sometimes have 
no time is, is the argument. Oh, I don't have time to pray. Or if you, you are praying for something, you're like, well, I don't really know what to pray for. And I feel like those two things have been completely upended. Those are not good excuses. If I say I don't have time to pray, well, now I have all the time in the world because I'm locked in my house. If I say I don't know what to pray for, I mean, the needs are endless. Just open up the news and pick the first story and start praying from that. Like there are so many needs now and there's so much time that I think the, the reset for our prayer lives here we don't want to waste this opportunity. I think we really want to take this and say, Lord, would you use this opportunity as, as bad as it is, as, as the things are happening? How can I use this as an opportunity to grow in prayer, to grow in love for you, to come out of this stronger? You know, you think about the, the verse in Song of Solomon, coming out of the desert, leaning on her beloved, that we would come out of this situation stronger. And I think that's a, a real encouragement that that is possible for the body of Christ. Yeah, so how do how do we think we can adopt these positive changes without getting trapped by going back to business as usual? Because, like, let's say all of a sudden that COVID-19 is done and the churches are open and we're going back into our congregations on Sunday or whenever your praying community likes to meet or church community. The temptation is just to go back to business as usual. Like, I don't know if everybody's thinking in terms of what kind of things can we adopt in the season? Like, what is the Lord actually doing in us this season? I, I think some are just waiting to go back to business as usual. Like, I don't know, like, how do we adopt these positive changes as a leadership? And when we're having conversations amongst ourselves, like, what kind of conversations do we need to have to be able to adopt these changes? Yeah, and I think one of the one of the questions we need to ask ourselves, I believe, in the prayer movement is, do we want to be leading culture or, we, or do we want to be reacting to it all the time and following it? And I was listening to, uh, to Ed Stetzer, who's a well-known uh, church leader, and, and he was talking, this just going into the, into the COVID-19 thing about some of the, the realities of this new world. And one of the words that he said that really stuck out to me was the word pivot. Like, we don't want to wait a month and then see what everyone else is doing and then jump in on it. We actually want to react quickly. We actually want to have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and move quickly so we can adjust to this changing season. And I believe that that is vitally important coming out of this season. Um, we need to be different. And so I, I believe that that really means that we need to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what are you saying in this hour? Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to do in the midst of our group of people um, for me personally, I, I feel the urgency of the hour that we live in. And I, I felt that before COVID-19 hit. I just looked morally at where our nation is at. And it's so obvious that we are in a Joel 1 season where, where we need the Lord to move and break in in power. And so coming out of this for me, it's like, okay, we've, you know, we've, we've had a little, a little birth pang. If you're going to use the language of Matthew 24, we've had a little shaking here. But we cannot return to life as normal on the other side of this. This actually has to inform the urgency um, with which we pray. If you're part of a praying community, we, we cannot go back to where we were at before. We have to understand that, that I think we're coming into a season where the Lord is going to accelerate some of the shakings that are going to happen. I believe he's going to accelerate some of the outpourings of his spirit that he wants to release. And it's time for us, I believe, to carry that mantle of prayer um, seriously. To really burn, and, and the, the the blessing that we've had in our house is all of a sudden um, now now it's kind of it's been discovered. Everyone knows that we can actually do this daily. That we can actually make this thing work. There are ways to do it where 
You know, we don't have to drive across across the city all the time through rush hour traffic to try to make these things work. I mean, we want to keep doing things in person, absolutely. But but there are other ways that we can connect in prayer as well. And so some of those things I really hope to see us take take with us into the future. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We've always wanted to have a daily expression in our house of prayer, but with building restrictions, like we just didn't, we didn't have our own place. So we're borrowing buildings and we're meeting in houses and there's a lot of driving around and scheduling. Can't always go to the same place. But all of a sudden now we're all at home and it's not hard because we don't have to drive anywhere. You just, with a click of a button, you're meeting and you're praying daily. I think it's awesome that we can have a daily expression. I'm not saying I want to move everything to that, because like you said, we want to keep meeting and that physical aspect is important because the Lord has built us to want that physical closeness to other human beings. But there is an opportunity for us to pray more and continue this mandate and really press in because like you said, this is such a small shaking right now. I, I think our response right now, how we're responding to what the Lord is doing in this shaking, it's His mercy right now that He's shaking so small right now because there are so many big shakings coming. So much more is coming. So much more trouble is coming. We really want to press in to the Lord's heart and find out, okay, God, how am I responding right now? Am I responding in fear? Am I cowering back? Or are we finding ways to press into your heart and find out what you're doing and praying more and worshiping more and still getting together, just finding ways to do it? It's a good litmus test right now for us to find out what the Lord is doing and how we're responding. And I think like we don't want to go back to business as usual saying, okay, that is done. We want to say, okay, how did I respond and how can I respond even better next time? What are the things I need to adjust to respond better? Like, Lord, bring those things up now by your mercy and your grace. Yeah, I think that the the thing is we don't, you're right, we don't want to miss it, not only practically for what's coming for our churches, but even for our own hearts. And, you know, not even just practically, but what is the Lord changing in our hearts and what is He calling us to. And one of the things I guess I felt like the Lord said to me just personally in this season was to go back through my old journals and look at the promises that he had spoken over me. And and instead of shrinking back in like fear or boredom or disappointment, whatever it is, because I think life is on hold now because however long this goes and none of us knew, especially at the beginning, I think that was kind of a thing for lots of us. And you can just get swamped in that quite easily. But then it was like, no, like the Lord wants us to rise up with hope and and declare the promises over our life and ask Him to like move in extraordinary ways that maybe because of this thing will happen, like that the people would see things differently. I'm thinking of even even the Acts 2 church where they shared everything and, you know, when there's when there's not things on the grocery store shelves and there's not money coming in because for support and all the things. And, and it's like those shifts in our minds that we didn't have to think about before because we just didn't. We just went about our business and, you know, that was how it was. But now this is how it is. And because the pandemic shifted things now we're having to think differently like what what does my neighbor need what does my person in my church need or my friend need or my family you know and and look around and go 
how can I meet that need? But also, Lord, how are you going to provide that for me? Or or these promises that you spoke over me that I believe they're still true. And so now I'm asking you to give me ways to do them. And I'm asking you to like move my life forward, even in this season that seems like it could be trickier, different things. So that was just one of the sort of practical but hard things that kind of struck me that, you know, he's still who he says he is and he still has things for us to do and and callings over our life that are not forgotten or put away because of this little shakeup. <laughs> I'll say it that way. That made me think about actually missions right now because like you talked about support a little bit, but what there have been missionaries from around the world that are scattered that actually had to come home from their mission and basically seclude themselves in their home and be back in their home country. How, what have you guys been hearing or have you heard anything from, from the mission aspect of thing, even maybe what you feel the Lord is speaking prophetically in terms of how this is affecting even the Great Commission and sending out missionaries and supporting missionaries financially because there's less funds now, and we're seeing that. Like, Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so the, the whole missions thing has actually been on my heart in a pretty significant way now um, for, for a number of months. A couple of years ago, Lou Engel called a 40-day fast that was supposed to start in 2020, March 1st, all the way through to April 9th, and the specific focus was for the Lord to send out messengers into the harvest field and together with YWAM and other mission groups. And I find it so fascinating that here in North America, right in the middle of that 40-day fast, like lockdown started happening in all these cities. So all these missionaries, all these like fiery evangelists, they just had a gathering in Brazil in uh, this would have been back in February with 145,000 people in three stadiums, all wanting to get sent out into missions. And now everyone's supposed to stay at home. And you sort of wonder, like, you know, the, the initial reaction would be, oh, man, like this whole thing, it's just, it's just not going to happen. But I, I think something different is happening. I found it fascinating that in the midst of this fast, the Lord was basically quarantining evangelists and saying, like, I'm going to lock you up with myself in the midst of this fast, and I want you to cry out to me. And I think there's an invitation for evangelists and missionaries even in this season, and there's still ways to reach out, which is awesome. So, so by all means, continue to do that. But, but at the same time, there's this invitation, like, get in front of Jesus. And what happens when you have tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of fiery evangelists who are shut up in their prayer closet with Jesus? Like, what's that going to look like when this thing gets lifted? I believe that we're coming into the season of the greatest missions movement the world has ever seen. I believe that with all of my heart. And so coronavirus is is not going to hinder it in any way. In fact, in some ways, I almost feel like maybe the enemy overplayed his hand. You know, they, they wanted to do all these stadium gatherings. Now they can't do all these stadium gatherings, but instead they're at home crying out to God. Um, and so I'm actually stirred. I'm involved with the missions organization. We equip teens for to share their faith and do outreaches and stuff with them. And just this thing doesn't phase me at all in many ways. I'm just like, I'm excited. Like, okay, God, what's next? I think there's a reset that's that the Lord is releasing in the missions movement as well. And so, I'm again, I, I, I'm just filled with anticipation. Our best days and missions are still ahead of us. Yeah, that provokes me, actually, just thinking about even the Moravian movement, how, that, how it really started with the 100-year prayer meeting, right? And then after that, the greatest missions push that we've seen in history. What kind of push is going to happen after this when all those missionaries come back 
And they really, like you said, cry out to the Lord from their homes. Getting together with the Lord and really encountering his heart. Like, what's the Lord going to do after this? It's really interesting and really provoking. Just to jump off what you said, uh, Johan, about the Moravians and their prayer, their prayer movement, our good friend Stephanie Reimer, who's on the YWAM base in Kansas City, um, I mean, I haven't heard from her in a number of weeks now, but, but we were emailing a, a number of weeks ago, and, and she just mentioned that on their missions base, they started a, a prayer watch, and they were doing 20 hours a day of prayer. And, like, I mean, these guys, they're three miles away from IHOP, where there's 24-7 intercession, and it's like, no, we're, we're going to have our own, like, prayer expression in the midst here. They can't go to, they couldn't go to the prayer room if they wanted to right now. And so they've just established this, this watch where it's people praying in their rooms or whatever, but they're praying 20 hours a day in total between their group. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, like what is the Lord going to do through YWAM Kansas City that he's releasing this amount of prayer on their campus right now? Like what is coming on the other end of this? I love it. Like what seems like a disaster and such a disruption because they can't send their missions teams out and all this stuff now, it's like, Man, what if God is just about to launch something? It just it feels like the wisdom of God. And then after all this, like the prayer movement, our role, when this whole thing ends and we want to see the missions sent out, it's like, Lord, send out your messengers throughout the nations. And it feels like that's going to be a very important thing in, like when this whole thing is up for the prayer movement, really to ask that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers because the harvest is going to be ripe. And it's going to be plentiful, so... Let's take our stand on the wall. Let's take, put our flag in the ground as the prayer movement saying, okay, we're going to take our wall. Lord, now, now do it. Send them out. Fill the stadiums. See, as, as we think about all of these things, it's, I'm just fascinated that what seemed like it was going to be so disruptive, you know, for myself being staff in a house of prayer, and now I can't go to our prayer meetings anymore. And maybe for other people who are called into, um, or who have a passion for evangelism, they're like, I can't do it the way I used to do it anymore. What we're finding is that the Lord is way ahead of the curve on this. And maybe some of you who are listening to this right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, maybe you're feeling cooped up or you're wondering, like, what's going on in the midst of this whole season? But my encouragement to you is, like, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you up to? Because I guarantee you that COVID-19 did not catch God off guard. He knew the season was coming. And there are opportunities for you in the midst of the season. There are new things that the Lord wants to release. And so... I just want to encourage you, like, this is such a good season to lean in to God, to ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying. He's, he's the best leader that there is. And I think the Lord wants to give us some things that are going to transform us going forward. So I, I'm just excited for what the Lord is doing. Hey, Pam, maybe you can close in, in prayer even for our listeners, for those praying communities and those missionaries that are listening. Sure. So, Father of glory, we thank you for revealing your son, Jesus, and his beauty to us. And Lord, we thank you even for this season of reset, though it's disruptive to us and it feels like shaking. God, we thank you for the reset that you are resetting our hearts with our eyes back onto you and you're resetting us for something that's coming, that's bigger than us, for glory that's coming that um, you have planned since the foundation of the world. And Lord, we ask you for those evangelists and missionaries coming off of the mission field, for all the disruption that it's caused in their lives. And 
different difficulties that it's created and missing family overseas and friends overseas and leaving churches and all the different things Lord, we we ask that you would come with comfort and with your kindness and your presence and that you would just reassure them that they you will protect and you will care for those ones that they have had to abruptly leave and lord we thank you for the forerunners that we like to call annas in the house of prayer the ones who have been in the temple day and night so to speak and have learned to sit before you like Mary did at your feet and listen to you and Lord would we learn in this season how to do that how to settle down our hearts and be with you in your presence to learn from you and to know more of you God we want at the end of this to be more in love with your son than we were at the beginning God, we want to be more full of faith than we are of fear and more full of expectation of your coming than we were at the beginning of this. God, we we say there is an appointed end date to this and you know what it is. So God, we're asking you today to fill our hearts with hope, to fill our hearts with confidence that you are are on the throne and you know what you're doing. And so God, we say that you are good and your mercy endures forever. God, we ask for many to be swept into the kingdom today, for many to know your heart toward them. And God, for many to hear your voice once again and even for the first time. So God, we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I, I just want to mention to our listeners too, we if you're from another praying community, like we love to hear how you guys are doing. Like what have you done in your community to adapt to what's happening and what do you feel the Lord is is doing in the seasons? And and we'd love to pray for you too and keep you just keep tabs on on what you're doing and the other various aspects of the prayer movement. Uh, but before we close here, it is time for another wait. What does that mean? So today's word or phrase is harp and bowl. This is a phrase you will hear in many houses of prayer in this stream. Uh, I think it was first adopted from IHOP. But Brian, if you were new coming to the house of prayer and you heard them using this term harp and bowl, what do you think that they are talking about? Wow, I, I just feel like you keep uh, lobbing me these softballs here. But this one, again, is pretty easy to, to describe. Um, actually, a little bit of a throwback. A few episodes ago, we had Justin Rizzo on our podcast. And uh, one of the things that he's blogged about in the past is just the importance of community with your worship teams. And so it's important when you're on a worship team, if you're a worship team leader, like you, you really want to listen to this, that to, to not just do the things that you need to do to grow as a team, like the practicing stuff, the briefing notes, all that stuff. But you also want to have fun together. And so one of the, one of the ways that you can do this is, is by having like a worship night together as a team. But then you go out bowling. And so like the harp is the, is the playing of the instrument and the bowl is the bowling part. And it's, it's such an important part of the house of prayer because what harp and bowl will do for your team is it will really help to build community. And, um, and I, I think it will also show all sorts of other things about personalities of people and stuff like that too. So, so harp and bowl. And obviously right now with social distancing, we can't do that. But hopefully the harp and bowl will be up and running again soon. Although I think they use disinfectant on those shoes, don't they? Oh, I... There's no disinfectant strong enough. 
<laughs> okay, so that's the wrong definition for what harp and bowl really is. Jehu, as our resident expert, what does the term harp and bowl mean in a house of prayer context? So as usual, I'm going to uh, refer to the scriptures here to help us out. Revelation uh, chapter 5, verse 8 says, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the That's saints. in the Bible. Yes, it is. Wow. So they're holding a harp and they're holding golden bowls. Uh, it tells us right away that the golden bowls are the prayers of the saints. And right away they begin to sing a new song. So obviously the harps are for playing music. And so we see here at the th- in the throne of God, in the in the presence of, of the Lord, there is a harp or harps and there are bowls of incense. So there's worship and prayer mingled together in the throne of God. And so we take that as a model when we pray. We, we don't necessarily have harps. But we have stringed instruments. I'm still waiting for somebody to bust out a harp. And uh, we don't necessarily have golden bowls full of actual incense, but we have the prayers of the saints, which is a good, uh, good enough for our context. And so, yeah, harp and bowl, it means worship and prayer together. You know, Jehu, normally I, I don't agree with you on these ones, but, th- but that definition was really right up my alley. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on, uh, this has been another good episode of the Burning News Podcast, our first remote episode. Kind of weird, you know, we got faces like a few inches from my face. It's kind of intimidating to have Brian Neistater staring that closely into my eyes. It's a, it's a little intimidating. I wish you can all see it, but I don't want to scare away our listeners. Make sure that you remember that we have a website, burningroomspodcast.ca, and we are have a patreon so if you want to get some of the behind the scenes stuff make sure you go on there for as little as a dollar or two couple bucks a month you can become a patron and get early episodes and a bunch of other stuff find us on instagram find us on facebook and all those other things we want to hear from our listeners and get feedback we want to connect with the prayer movement beyond our little scope here we want to hear from you So until next time, my name is Johan. I'm Brian. I'm Jehu. I'm Pam. So remotely, we say this has been the Burning Burning Rooms Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Okay. See you later. (laughs) 